This afternoon we're going to be looking at the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 27, so turn with me to that. That is found on page 35 in the, the Green Book of Confessions, page 35. Last Sunday, uh, you'll recall, we dealt with Lord's Day 26, and there we talked about the meaning, and, and the Heidelberg Catechism develops the meaning of baptism and, and what it means. Uh, this afternoon, we look at the administration of baptism. And we begin with question and answer 72. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? No. Only Jesus Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit cleanse us from all sins. Why then does the Holy Spirit call baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins? God has good reason for these words. He wants to teach us that the blood and spirit of Christ wash away our sins just as water washes away dirt from our bodies. But more important, he wants to assure us by this divine pledge and sign that the washing away of our sins spiritually is as real as physical washing with water. Should infants too be baptized? Yes. Infants as well as adults are in God's covenant and are his people. They, no less than adults, are promised the forgiveness of sin through Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit who produces faith. Therefore, by baptism, the mark of the covenant, infants should be received into the Christian church and should be distinguished from children of unbelievers. This was done in the Old Testament by circumcision, which was replaced in the New Testament by baptism. Let's now ask the Lord's blessing on his word as we consider the administration of baptism this afternoon. Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time to again look at your word, to consider what you are revealing here about uh, the judgment of your people, that it would come upon them for their unbelief and for their disobedience, and the summons that you gave to them for a clean heart. And that is what we all need, and we recognize that. And we're thankful for the assurance you give us of the certainty of that accomplishment of Christ through the Spirit which is shown to us in baptism. And as we consider the administration of that, we pray that your spirit would open our hearts and soften our minds so that we may heed and hear and rejoice in, in the truth that your word teaches with regard to the sacraments. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we proceed through the sacraments, we recognize as the uh, Heidelberg Catechism unfolds for us the teaching of God's word of institution with regard to the sacrament of baptism, that baptism shows us our need. Every one of us has the need to be cleansed from sin. And the Lord's provision for that is the blood of Christ and the washing of the Spirit. And that's what baptism has been instituted for, to remind us and assure us of the certainty of those accomplishments. And, and that's what we recognize as well, that, that we have this assurance made known to us that there's forgiveness of sins through Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit is the one who washes us with regeneration, which produces 
faith. And this promise, being a covenant promise, being a relationship that God establishes, sovereignly establishes with us as God comes to us and and makes known these realities to us, entails a responsibility. Because we see in the sacrament of baptism that something holy is taking place. This is a holy sacrament. It's a sacred time in which God is approaching us as his people. And it's the sacred presentation of the work of Jesus Christ. And this afternoon we're going to consider the administration. What God's word has said about the meaning gives us the character of what Christ has instituted. But in administration, we're going to now look at our use of it. So, so if this is what God has instituted, if this is what God's word says about the meaning of it, that it is about cleansing, that it shows to us the certainty of that cleansing, how do we use it? How can we use it most beneficially? And the Heidelberg Catechism unfolds this teaching, uh, and I'd like to look at it in three points. First of all, an important distinction. Secondly, an important lesson. And thirdly, an important inclusion. So an important distinction, lesson, and inclusion. Now we have to be careful here. First of all, we, we need to make an important distinction. When we consider the meaning, we said Christ has instituted this to demonstrate how we are washed from sins, how we are cleansed from evil, and, and that is only by the blood and the Spirit. And perhaps a question came into your mind. If baptism shows the washing away of sin, does that happen in baptism? Does baptism mean we're cleansed from sin? Baptism means there's a cleansing from sin, but does it mean that we're cleansed from sin? And that's, that's a good question. That's where Lord's Day 27 begins. Does this outward washing itself wash away sins? And the simple, straightforward answer to that is no, of course not. But now with this, we need to make a distinction. So the Heidelberg Catechism says, no, only Jesus Christ's blood and Holy Spirit cleanse us from all sins. And there's an important distinction that we need to understand between the outward washing of baptism and the inward washing through the work of Jesus Christ. This is, this is a distinction that God's Word makes. This is a distinction that we need to understand. There's a difference between the outward washing and the inward washing. This is what Paul is getting at in Romans 2. For no one is a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. Isn't that interesting? Circumcision is an outward element that that God instituted with Abraham, but it was never designed simply as an outward or external marker. This is why Jeremiah 4 is so important. This was a problem that always arose in Israel. That people thought because they had this external marker, this external indication that it didn't matter where their heart was. It didn't matter how disobedient they were. It didn't matter what their relationship with God was. They were secure. And God comes to them in Jeremiah 4. And he says, no. The point of circumcision is not this outward aspect. It's the inward reality. This is why God appeals to them in Jeremiah 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your heart. 
Break your heart. Humble yourself in repentance under the work of Jesus Christ. Under the truth of the gospel. Paul can say it. It's not outward, it's inward. A Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart. But as soon as we make this distinction, there's a danger. The danger is how we live and how the culture affects our view of activities within the church. Because pragmatism can easily creep into our Christianity. Pragmatism, very simply, is the need to be practical. We want things to be practical. One of the most practical reasons for doing anything is because it's efficient or effective. We want to boost output and minimize input. And that's efficiency. And that's practical. And we can relate to that. The appeal of so many purchases is precisely that. Saving money, saving time, saving petrol, saving energy. Imagine for a moment, ladies, or maybe it's men who do the washing in your household. Can't say that just ladies today anymore. Suppose, for instance, you go down to Noah Leeming or Harvey Norman, you walk into the shop, and there's the showcase of all the wash machines. And you walk in, and you need a new wash machine, and, and the salesman comes around, and he says, we've got this magnificent model right here. It's a model that won't get your clothes clean, and it's going to take more time. You want it? None of us would buy it. We might even march out of the shop. What sort of shop is this that has such an inefficient, unproductive, impractical means of working? So much of our life is about being practical. And then we come to church. And we have to deal with this question of impracticality of the inefficiency, the ineffectiveness of the waters of baptism? That's the question. Does this outward washing with water itself wash away sins? No. It's ineffective. It's powerless to touch the hearts. It can't do that. Don't you see the temptation? When all of life is geared to be practical, it's so easy to approach the sacraments as it is all the work of the church and say, let's make it practical. You hear this question when talking about baptism and the differences that, that infant Baptists have with, with believers Baptists. Is it a salvation issue? That's the ultimate practical reality, isn't it? And that's the grid. Well, if it isn't, why bother? It's inefficient. It's impractical. What's the point then? Why be so concerned about 
the sacraments. If it's all internal anyways, why bother with the external? It's not just today that we have this question. It's a question that Paul faced. If circumcision is all inward, if the point of being a Jew is not about the outward circumcision but the inward circumcision, he goes on in chapter 3, what advantage then is there in being Jew? What value is circumcision? It's a, val- it's, it's a question of practicalities. It's a, va- it's a question of effectiveness. And he doesn't, oh, you're right. You know, they shouldn't have really worried about that. Moses would have a completely different story. He refused to circumcise his sons and he was almost killed because of it. Or they were almost killed. We won't get into that. Paul says, much, much value in every way. This leads us, secondly, to recognize that there is an important lesson that we need to learn. So that secondly, if water doesn't have the effect of cleansing, why do we need the sacrament? Because God has instituted. God has a reason and a purpose for this sacrament. And that is why Christ has instituted. God's purpose is to use the sacrament to teach us and to assure us. It goes back to the meaning of the sacrament to to confirm and to strengthen our faith. Because our faith is weak. And God knows that we need to hear it and we need to see it. And we need this assurance of his love for us. First of all, think of the teaching of this sacrament. We see the wonder of of what is going on in this sacrament. God wants to teach us that the blood and the Spirit wash away our sins just as water washes away dirt from our bodies. There's a lesson we learn in creation. Here's the wonder of general revelation. Water takes away dirt. We know that. We understand that. That's the point of washing. But there's also the need not only of this general revelation, there's the need of the special revelation beyond the cleansing from the dirt. There's the pledge, there's the appeal of a good conscience to God that only can be accomplished through special revelation, through the revelation of the work of the Spirit and of the work of Jesus Christ, through the revelation of His Word and of His Gospel. And He uses both. He uses both the world and the Word to teach us His work. As water washes away dirt, we learn that from the world. But in the church, here's the practical character. Here's the effectiveness. In the church, we learn that that physical principle, that general revelation, shines a light on a more profound spiritual reality. That the blood of Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit are the only ways to wash us clean. That we're dirty. That we're stained by sin. That we would easily be overwhelmed and we all need that cleansing. And God uses this lesson. And it's an important lesson, but it's not only a lesson, it's also an assurance. It's an assurance of the promise. He said, the, the Heidelberg Catechism goes on and says, but more important, he wants to assure us by this divine pledge and sign 
Imagine that. It's a divine pledge. It's a divine promise. It's a promise that God extends to us. It's like using a check from the bank. Now, we don't use that much anymore today, but we have a, have a debit card. But in the day of a check, you know, you, you would write it out and you would hand it to the person and it was as good as the signature on the check, wasn't it? I was going to say it was as good as the money in the bank. It wasn't. Because there were a number of times that there weren't adequate resources in the bank. And the person who had signed the check did so deceitfully. And you never knew if the money was there or not until the bank said, it's all clear. That's what we have in the sacrament of baptism. It is God's signature because it's Christ's institution. It's God's signature on the check. That faith, your faith is rooted on the certainty, on the guarantee that this is a covenant pledge. God, remember what happened with Abraham? Abraham was, was in a vision and in a dream. He, he was called by God to separate the two animals. And in that vision and in that dream, he saw God walking through those animals. God made himself the guarantee of his covenant. And that is what God is saying in the sacrament of baptism. I guarantee you, I give you this pledge and this sign that the washing away of your sins spiritually is as effective as that water that washes away dirt. He can do that. And only He can do that. And that's what your whole faith is banked on. And you won't find this anywhere else in the world. And you won't hear this. And you won't understand this from anywhere else than God's Word. What's the advantage? You have this truth made known to you. You have this truth signified and sealed to you. Oh, children, take this to the bank of the Lord and say, Lord, you have promised, you've pledged this. I hold you to your Word. The great urgency of this teaching is reflected in the preaching of Jeremiah. Wash your hearts. You need your hearts cleansed. Don't think that the outward sacrament can accomplish this purpose. Turn to me. Repent in sackcloth and ashes and turn to the Lord and He will secure you. That's what we all need. We need that inward work. It's the matter of the heart by the Spirit, not by the letter. That our praise... Our well-being, our joy, our glory. It's not from man. It's not from the church. It's not from some external reality, but it's from God. And we've received this from God, and we have it for sure. Oh, the wonder of regeneration. And that's the important lesson. An important distinction it's not the, the outward, it's the inward. An important lesson, but it's a guaranteed accomplishment. Wouldn't that be great? We talked about the, the, the goofy salesman who's going to sell you something that's ineffective. Well, here's the wonder of this effectiveness, that God comes to us and says, you know how, how dark the stain of sin has seeped into your soul? It can take away. The blood of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit can take away every 
stain. Oh, we hear that so often. It's the laundry detergent. It's the washing machine. They're all guaranteed that, that they're going to... But they don't. And we all know that. But we still buy the products. And we hope. But with God, there's a greater guarantee. He's given His Son. He's provided and shown that His justice is satisfied by His resurrection from the dead. What an important lesson for us to cling to. We have the oracles of God. That God is true. Though everyone else tells us lies. Though God's not a salesman. It is absolutely certain. But then thirdly and lastly, we need to recognize the important inclusion. The question that we're dealing with in this third question is not who is saved and who isn't, but to whom, to whom does God extend these promises? Who does God favor with these promises? And here's the wonder. Infants as well as adults are in God's covenant. They're in the realm of his people whereby he says to us as a people, to parents and their children, my grace is sufficient. You have my promise. Children no less than adults are promised the forgiveness of sins through Christ's blood and the Holy Spirit who produces faith. Who receives the promise? Who receives the promise is not the same as those who receive the things signified. Don't confuse. Don't remove this distinction. Those who receive the promise are not those who receive the things signified. But they have a promise of the certainty of what Christ can accomplish. This is what the Old Testament was all about with regard to circumcision. That God's people were called to be circumcised to remind us and to remind them of the desperate need that we all have. We all need cleansing. And God uses his word in this sacrament to summon us, to turn away, turn away from self-reliance, turn away from church reliance, turn away from attendance reliance, turn away from parent reliance. Seek God for your salvation. Not because the promises are doubtful. Not because your faith is so strong. But because the promises are absolutely certain. And God knows your faith is weak. But cling to Him. And recognize that He provides this sacrament for your weak faith to know that while you can't cling to Him, He will hold on to you. Seek Him.
that you may live. Amen.